0: Now, it's time for the Cybersecurity News bite with Jim Guckin. Cybersecurity News bite Podcast Episode 11 March 13, 2022 Hackers abuse Mitel devices to amplify DDoS attacks. Critical bugs could let attackers remotely hack UPS devices. 16 new high-severity UEFI firmware flaws discovered in HP devices and SharkBot banking malware spreading via fake Android app. Now, when people are securing networks, they tend to forget about the voice over IP phone system that they have. And, well, this next story is reason why you should really make sure you're paying attention to that. Because malicious actors were caught using a high-impact reflection attack, also known as an amplification, to stage a distributed denial-of-a-service attack. Uh, The attack lasted up to 14 hours and had a record-breaking amplification ratio of 4,294,967,296 to 1. Uh, That roughly leads to about 53 million packets per second, Uh, and this attack was first detected back on February 18th, 2022, the vulnerability was discovered as part of Mytel's MyCollab platform. Now, it's also called the TP240 Phone Home vulnerability. It is listed as CVE-2022-26143, and it weaponizes a driver of the system called TP240 DVR, which is the TP240 driver. It is designed to listen for commands on UDP port 10,074. And it isn't really meant to be exposed to the internet. Um, But its exposure to the internet is what ultimately allows this attack to be abused. And it all starts by using a debugging command. This, 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 This is the genius of this vulnerability. Because it's not something that's malicious outside of it. It's actually a debugging command built into it. And the debugging command is called Start Blast. This command does not place real telephone calls. Rather, it simulates a blast of phone calls in order to test your system. So, you know, as someone who is, you know, the voice over IP administrator, you want to make sure your network's strong enough or or you're the network guy. You want to make sure the traffic flows there. This is what you would use to test that. But for each test call that is made, two UDP packets are emitted in response to the issuer of the command. So for one packet, you get two back. And this is how this amplification attack really works. Because you're sending one, you get two back, and you keep doing that enough where it becomes really a problem. So in general, DDoS reflection attacks Typically involves spoofing the IP address of your victim, such as a DNS an NTP or a CLDAP server, and it, and you pretend to be, you know, your victim, uh, and now in such a manner that you do the spoofing so that re- replies are sent to the the uh, malicious actor versus where they should legitimately being set, and this causes that service to. Be unavailable. But in this particular attack, uh, the vector differs from most UDP reflection or amplification attacks in that the exposed system can be abused to launch a sustained DDoS attack up to 14 hours in duration, meaning that a single spoofed attack initiation packet results in that that, that amplification. So, in this one, I pretend to be some business I dislike and I send that packet for a test the system gets it it amplifies it back to me and you know pretty much causes me to have a denial of service on whatever service I'm trying to do websites stuff like that. Now, On the good side of this Mitel has released a software update that disables the public access to the test feature while describing the issue as an access control vulnerability That could be exploited to obtain sensitive information. So obviously, this was never meant to be there. It was something that was there. Mytel probably forgot to put some kind of username and password in front of it, and that caused what it was. Uh, They Mytel also said the collateral impact of the TP240 reflection attacks is potentially significant for organizations with Internet exposed Mytel MyCollab and MyVoice Business Express collaboration systems that are abused as DDoS reflectors. And they also said, this may include partial or full interruption of voice communications through these systems, as well as additional service disruptions due to transit capacity, consumption, uh, state and table exhaustion of network address translations, stateful firewalls, and so forth. So what that means is, while the attack is being used against someone else, your systems can get over because it's creating so much traffic and it's spoofing so much traffic that you could see impact, even if you're not the direct target of it, which could cause your phone system not to work properly. And this is one of those things that people have to think about as we moved into a digital realm where you don't have your your plain old telephone systems anymore. You have these new digital voiceover IP systems. and If you have a, something on your desk and a system that connects to these are things that can be exploited by hackers. They should be segmented from your regular network. They should be monitored and secured. You should still do a security assessment on these things because they can be abused and when they're abused you have a whole bunch more access to a network that most companies may not be monitoring as close as their data networks. So this is something you have to take in, into a account when you have a voice over IP system, but it should always be a different network segment than your data and you should always still be monitoring it for suspicious traffic. Now if you use APC smart UPS devices, then you need to pay attention to this story because there are critical bugs that could let attackers remotely hack and possibly cause some damage to smart UPS devices made by APC. So there are three high-impact security vulnerabilities that have been disclosed in the APC Smart UPS devices. These have collectively been called TL Storm. They are well, if, if, if they're if they're exploited, they allow a. So if you successfully exploit them, you can turn the device into a weapon, pretty much. Uh, you, you can. Cause damage to the UPS itself, or other assets that are connected through the UPS, because you're controlling the, the flow of power. So the vulnerabilities in in this are called are, are tracked as CVE 2022 20, 22805, which has a CVSS score of nine, which is a TLS buffer overflow. CVE 2022 20, 22806, which is TLS authentication bypass. And CVE-2022-0715, which has a CVSS score of 8.9, which is unassigned firmware upgrade that can be updated over the network. So this was all found out by the security company Armis, which said, by using our remote code execution vulnerability, we were able to bypass the software protection and let the current spike periods run over and over until the DC link capacitor heated up to around 150 degrees Celsius, which is 300 degrees Fahrenheit, which caused the capacitor to burst and brick the UPS in a cloud of electrolyte gas, causing collateral damage to the device. That is scary. So to break it down for you, if you didn't understand the the jargon, they pretty much heated the entire device up until it burst. Bricking the entire thing, meaning... It's no longer useful for anything. And the devices, I'm sure, that are attached to it, well, they now no longer have power. Now, the flaw in the firmware upgrade mechanism could be leveraged to plant malicious code on the UPS device, which attackers can use to gain persistence. Because you wouldn't check there. You check servers, you know, we've talked about now firmware has become a big target for persistence. This is just something you don't think of as a true network device. But they can sit there and gain persistence on it and use it to compromise or gain access to further parts of your network. Now, following the responsible disclosure to the company on October 31st, 2021, fixes have been released as part of their Patch Tuesday update on March 8th, 2022. So if you're hearing this for the first time, please go update your UPS devices, your, your APC smart devices, so that they cannot use this vulnerability against your company, especially if you're a company right now that is in a higher threat level than you usually are due to the things going on around the world. So really think of this, not just as this APC, any device that you have, you should be constantly checking or having a schedule to check for when you need to update these devices. You know, Windows is kind of easy. Linux is kind of easy. There are, you know, you can just go run command, get the updates, redo it whenever. Most people don't think of devices like a UPS as something that they need to be updating, but there is something you should be checking every so often. And I said, and the update for this is not out that long, and I really recommend that you update this. Why? It may not be an exactly an attack that they may cover against your organization. It doesn't hurt to have a patched system on your network, and I'm sure there's probably very little downtime based off it. I don't know. I haven't looked into what the updates for those, because I've honestly never even thought about updating those, but I haven't looked at it, so please take a look closely and figure out the best way to update and make sure it fits into your update schedule, but put a little reminder on your calendar to check those kind of devices every so often. Now, if you use HP, you need to be paying attention to this next story, because on Tuesday, 16 new high-severity vulnerabilities were found in HP products in various implementations of its Unified Extensible Firmware Interface, UEFI firmware, impacting multiple HP Enterprise devices. Now, usually I will read you all the different CVSSs, but because there's 16 here, I'm not going to go through them, but just say the CVSS scores range from a 7.5 to 8.8 out of 10, The exploiting these vulnerabilities can uh, allow uh, malicious actors to perform privileged code execution in the firmware, which, as we've talked about in the past, is below the operating system. They can deliver persistent malicious code that survives reinstalling the operating system, and that layer usually allows them to bypass endpoint security solutions, secure boot, and virtualization based memory, memory isolation. So what are these, um, vulnerabilities? Well, breakdown, uh, three of them are in the system management mode, call out the SMM call out, which allows for privilege escalation. Nine of them are in the system memory mode, memory corruption, and four are DXL memory corruption. Now these issues were addressed as part of a series of updates that were distributed back in February. And then there were some more that were distributed back on March 8th as part of patch Tuesday. That firmware has emerged as an ever expanding surface of attack for threat actors. And firmware is going to be the next level that we really have to pay attention to because it's not new. I mean, it, it, attacks on firmware have gone back to I wanna say twenty eighteen. I remember seeing them back then. But they were new. But now that we have all the security stuff in place, it makes more sense for them to go kind of a level down. And in the firmware they can kind of get to places that are outside of the operating system. And even if you found them, I I don't I don't even know how you would you would have to flash the firmware. And and in some Some firmware doesn't let you do that. So very dangerous. Make sure that if you have uh, HP Enterprise devices that you check to see if you have these vulnerabilities and you patch them as quick as possible Uh, because the last thing you want to do is have people in your systems without you having the ability to get them out because it would be bad. For our final story, the threat actor behind the android banking trojan named sharkbot was found once again sidestepping the google play store security barriers by masquerading the fake downloader as an antivirus application this i want to say congratulations very genius because people tend to like free applications especially when they are you know, antivirus, you know, I don't feel like paying for antivirus. I just kind of went on my phone. It's something quick that you're going to search. Now, SharkBot is a malware just kind of like the ones you've heard, like T-Bot, FluBot, Oscorp. They're financial Trojans, and their whole shtick is to siphon credentials and initiate money transfers from compro- compromised devices and also kind of helping them circumvent multi-factor authentication mechanisms. Now, it's been around for a couple months since November of 2021, but SharkBot stands apart from its other counterparts like t and FluBot in its ability to carry out unauthorized transactions via an automatic transfer system. t its counterpart, requires a live person to be there to interact with the infected device. Sharkbot's ATS is employed to deceive the target bank's fraud detection system by simulating the same sequence that the user would perform, such as button presses, clicks, gestures, all in order to make illicit money transfers, and it doesn't need someone to sit at the other end manually doing all this stuff. Now, the latest version was spotted on Google Play Store on February 28th a number of dropper apps that also leverage Android's direct reply functionality to propagate itself to other devices, making it the second banking trojan after Flubot to intercept notifications for wormable attacks. Now, just some of the named versions that are out there so you can check your devices if you have any. Antivirus Super Cleaner, which had about a 1,000 installs. Atom Cleaner Booster Antivirus, 500 installs. Alpha Antivirus, which had 5,000 installs, and Powerful Cleaner Antivirus, which had 50,000 installs. Now, I should also say SharkBot is also a feature-rich malware in the fact that it enables an adversary to inject fraudulent overlays on top of your official banking apps so that it can steal. So it'll make a text box appear on top of it, so when you type your password in, it logs all your keystrokes and then it'll, you know, pass through the website. Now I would say with this one, the, the overlapping, you have to grant it accessibility permissions to your Android device. But honestly, most people who have Android devices are probably going to say, Hey, I need these permissions. You say, absolutely. How many people question the permissions that Android asked them for, but you should, I mean, honestly, you 100% should, but here's why you should really start paying attention to what it is, because these are getting trickier. They're getting more devious. Because this is, this is an app, and it's 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 not just like we've talked about before. It's not just antivirus. Any kind of app that you're willing to download without paying attention to flashlights, um, calculators. I, I don't know why you'd be a calculator, but th- I've seen them. Um, stuff like that is really where the danger is because. You're not going to pay attention to it. You're not going to read the reviews. You're not going to care. I mean, some of these, I would probably be a little more suspicious, like 500 plus installs. Yeah, that'd kind of be weird. But the 50,000 installs, you're more than willing to look the other way. And that's what they're expecting. So be on the lookout for the shark SharkBot. Uh, make sure you don't have any of these applications. And if you do, delete them and change your passwords. I honestly, take this as a recommendation to always change your passwords. And make sure you stay safe. You've been listening to the Cybersecurity News Byte with Jim Guckin. Learn more about our show at cybersecuritynewsbite.com.